Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. Hello, my friends. Today I am here with Brittany Kolba, who hails from Calgary, Alberta, and deems herself a social media maven. Brittany is passionate about helping others level up and rise. She was in oil and gas for almost 10 years, and then Brittany took a sharp left turn into the International Beauty Organization. She's led hundreds of women globally, spoken at conferences, done trainings in the field, and has used social media marketing to elevate her brand awareness while creating authentic relationships with both her team and customers. Top in sales, recruiting, and leadership in Canada, she has reached the highest executive rank company-wide, and then Brittany chose to break away and seek more. She thrives in diversity, authenticity, and creativity. Brittany is most passionate about empowering women entrepreneurs to find their calling, do scary things, and reach their dreams. Hey, Brittany, how are you? Good. How are you? It's hard for me to get through. Hey, <laughs> what happened? It's a lengthy there? one. It's a lengthy and one. Now I'll relax. Um, <laughs> it is nice to see your beautiful face all made up. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, how are things in Calgary? How's home? Yeah, it's cold. It's blustery and cold. So yeah, I'm going to hibernate bad. inside today. That's a good plan. We'll just chat, yeah. spend the day yeah. chatting away. Exactly. Okay. So let's like, you have a journey. I love that about you because you are a woman of many hats, turns like twists and turns in your story. And I want to, I want to hear all of them. So let's, let's just like, let's chat through starting like way back. You're a Calgary girl. Yes, I am. Yeah. So I'm a Calgary girl. Um, how far back? Okay. 1984, March 12th, Brittany. It was a blistery cold day in Calgary. It probably was blistery and cold. Let's be real in March. Start like that. Okay. But you were in oil and gas. Yes. So I was in oil and gas. I was in oil and gas for nine years. I actually met my husband there. Uh, I was like receptionist. He was mail porter. It was very Jim and Pam from the office esque. We always joke about that, um, that we were kind of like two minions that fell in love. And so we met in oil and gas, did that whole grind for about nine years. And in my ninth year with oil and gas, I joined a company called Janberry. It was um, a drug sales company. We did nails and I didn't even know what drug sales were. I didn't know what MLM was. (laughs) A lot of people hate MLMs. And I think part of why I was so successful at it is because I had no idea people hated them. Um, I just like... (laughs) I loved the product and, uh, travel was a big part of it too. And I, in a year I had like 1300 women join my team. It's crazy. And so in nine months, I quit my oil and gas job. So nine months after joining the company, um, my income per month with Jamberry way surpassed my oil and gas income. So I quit oil and gas, which I had wanted to do basically since day one. (laughs) I just thought that's like what you had to do in Calgary. You just get in oil and gas and stay in oil and gas and die in oil and gas. And I was just really happy. I loved that job. I loved leading these women. 
Um, our life was completely changed. My husband was able to quit his job and pursue his passions. That's been, um, like, that's crazy. Like I know yeah. like you were, you were the queen, you were the Jamboree queen basically. Yeah. My nickname at my yoga studio was just Jamboree. <laughs> like I'm just known <laughs> as Jamboree. Hey, what's up Jamboree? Um, yeah, honestly, I loved it. There was like, I woke up with like a fire in my heart every single morning. I loved my team. They were some of my best friends. And um, then it went bankrupt. The company went bankrupt. And I basically lost my six figure income job like overnight. And it devastated our family. We had to basically sell all the furniture from our house. We had to sell our second vehicle. We just, we lost absolutely everything. But even worse than the financial side of that, I lost my purpose completely because for five years, my identity and my every day was get out of bed, check on my team, check on my customers, check my sales, check on my parties. This was like my sole purpose for living for five years. And so the rug had just been totally ripped out from under me. It was probably the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. You didn't see that coming. <clears throat> did not see it coming. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. I am not well. Okay, uh, um, I have three drinks here prepared for all of my coughing. Well, if you, need, if you need a drink, you tell me and I'll just chat. I can just chat all day long. You're yeah. like, I can do that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so didn't see it coming, you're dead. Didn't see it coming at all. Um, and basically what happened, a lot of people ask me like, what happened? Like it was such a successful company. And it was started by three sisters in Utah. They're still my friends. I still love them dearly. They are some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, But they were approached by some finance people. And basically um, some investors bought them out for 51% of the company. So they were no longer majority. And then decisions were made one after another. And after a few years, things there was just too many bad decisions made over a short period of time. And really, I think at the end of the day, the heart of the company was removed from Mm -hmm. like, we loved these, this family that started this company. And it always felt like such a family and like home-based, really heart-based company. And things just changed a lot. It turned into more of a business. Like it was all business, all money, bad, bad decisions. And, um, so I took a week, we actually had a vacation plan to Arizona already that week. And so I'm like, I'm not even thinking about another job. I am just, let's just go to Arizona. We went for a wedding, just totally. <clears throat> That's a lie. I definitely looked on LinkedIn while I was on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? I did not know what we were going to do. And so I came home and was approached by a local businessman, and we started a CBD company. So we started Hula Life. Um, and mm-hmm. I am no longer, I'm no longer part of it, but it was, um, it was a really good idea. The marketing and the branding of it is, I still am very proud of what we did. Um, but it was right it was when, borders, Canada, right? Pardon? It was the borders were the issue, right? If it I was remember. the borders, the banks. Oh my gosh. If you want a nightmare of a business to get into, get into the cannabis industry. <laughs> we thought it would be, we were watching CBD blow up in the States, mm-hmm. especially under an MLM or a direct sales type model. There was a company that was doing really well, but they were like 
the branding was awful and like just the whole thing was cheesy I'm like we will be them but like classy and so we started this company thinking this is the ticket we're gonna be millionaires in like a year and it was just like one thing after another we could not get our product over the border and I had like 500 people sign up in a day like we launched this business and 500 over 500 people were like yeah let's go it was devastating because I'm like I was really on fire for this I thought it would be I thought it would be everything. And it was just a nightmare business model to get underway with a product that I think could change people's lives, but we just couldn't, we couldn't get the product and the banking. We got dumped by like 20 banks. Like Mm -hmm. we'd get approved for like three days and we'd be like, hurrah. And then like two days later, we'd get a letter, never mind. And so our products would go online to sell and then be pulled. And like, that doesn't work like that. It was like a start stop for a year. And then I was like, I can't do this. In the meantime, I had started my social media company. So I was like starting to do a lot of partnerships. I was starting to do my courses. So I was teaching people how to use Instagram, start marketing. It was a real big passion of mine to work with um, small businesses and teach them how to use social media to like leverage their businesses and stuff. And that was something I really loved. And it kind of saved us probably, probably saved our like home and our livelihood because I didn't really know what I was going to do. And that's kind of, yeah, like that kind of jump through that because I remember this is, I was home. I was in Calgary mm-hmm. during this time. Yeah. And, um, you're really good about, you were very real about that time because yeah. a lot of people are, um, like I know for me, when I'm going through something, it's hard mm-hmm. to share it in that moment. Like this summer was a good show for me. And I kind of just went, went real quiet for a minute and then <laughs> yep. resurfaced like, okay, I'm okay. I'm good. Um, Cause you want to know that you, you're going to survive. Right. Right. But you were really good about like being open and honest and being like, this is just a really friggin' hard time for us right now. Yeah. And I remember being like, so respectful of your candor in the world of the highlight reel. Yeah. You were like, this is the real, real. Like, this is how it is right now. And I just think there's like, there's a lot to be said for that because like everyone else is like, look at how perfectly my table is set right now. And you would never hear from me if I was, (laughs) if it was only the highlight reel, (laughs) you'd never hear from me. Cause I feel like the last five years has been a bit of like a nightmare reel, but I just, I honestly think if you just go through hard stuff, there's something waiting on the other side for you. Yeah. And I just think this valley is really deep, like that I've been in and like, I'm just talking business stuff. Like we had marital problems. I almost died giving birth to Scotty. Like I've had health issues. Like it has been a nightmare and there's been no reprieve. I feel like a lot of times people can deal with downfalls or bad situations. Cause there's like some good, there's like some good, some good, and then some bad and some good and some bad. And I'm like, when are we crawling out of this hole? Um, and I'm just like, if it's that long of a season, the win has got to be awesome. Like it's, it's waiting for us and it's going to be huge. We don't know what it is, but just keep going. Um, but the social so, media was a bit of a win. The social media yeah. is good. You're, you're very yeah. good at that. And Thank you're still you. doing that. I am still doing that. It's never, it's never brought home the bacon. It's like never been a 
Like people are always like influencers. And I'm like, uh, I think in a year, my salary for influencer work is like maybe $1,500. So we're not talking anything crazy here, people. Um, I know it can be, but I've always been very- a free um, shirt now and then. That's always a nice perk, right? Exactly. Free face masks, everybody. Um, and honestly, and I really, I really appreciate it because there were times in our lives the last few years, and even right now, it's we're in a pretty hard season right now financially, just because COVID really took a hit on my husband's business and mine. And um, there has been times where it's like I can't afford a vacation or I can't afford a shirt on my back. And these partnerships have paid for things like hockey games for my kids or a little like weekend vacations for my children, we would have had literally no fun or adventure the last few years without some of these partnerships. So I'm very grateful. I joke obviously about like not paying the bills, but it's given us other things. And I have a pretty strict rule in my life. If it doesn't bring health, wealth, or happiness, it's a no. And so if it checks one of those boxes, I'm good. Like I am like, so, um, <clears throat> so yeah, the social media thing's been, it's been good. It's been a really good outlet. I use it a lot, kind of like a diary. Like I get that. Um, like I, I really like writing. And so I like to kind of journal what's going on in my life. And people just tend to enjoy that sometimes. And not all of it's like deep or secretive or like mind blowing. Sometimes it's as light as, you know, makeup. Um, But a lot of it is like, I feel like sharing this because I feel like if I share this, somebody else will um, maybe be going through it too and feel like normal. Mm -hmm. And And I think that. Sorry, I was going to say, it also gives us that connection and like COVID taught that, right? When you're like alone in your house and there's, you're, you're just surrounded by your kids all day. It gives us a little bit of connection, a little bit of like interaction with adults um, that we need. Totally. It's like the new coffee meetups. Mm -hmm. Totally. I joke. I don't go for coffee with anybody. Like I refuse to go to a coffee meeting. So, um, I guess Instagram is my coffee meeting. Instagram is. Okay. I have but, a question yeah. for you. I, I want to yeah. know something on the social media front. Yeah. I want to know, well, maybe I have a couple questions about social media because you're, you're the guru. So I'm going to ask you, what is the number one thing people are doing wrong on social media? The number one thing people do wrong is not engage and not be social. And it's just so funny because it's called social media. And yet people are, it's like if you went to a party and you walked in the door and you told everyone to be quiet, listen to your story and then walked out. Like, would you ever do that? Yeah. No, no. And so, you know, when people are posting on social media and they post, you know, like, Hey, I had such a great weekend. Look at what I did. What, what's your favorite thing to do with your family? And then they post and then they ghost, which like is closing the app and leaving when they need to be sticking in there. They need to maybe click on 20 or 30 of their followers or people they're following and like, go check out what they're doing. But it's a very one-sided, a lot of people are like very one-sided they hop in there and it's because and I get why people do it. It's not because they're selfish or they don't care or whatever. It's because we're all busy and it takes time and it's annoying. <laughs> like <clears throat> it's annoying to have to like, spend more out, time in the app. Yeah. Hand out some appetizers, like get to know some people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tell your story and then ask people what their story is too. And like, 
take some time to find out other people. So I feel like a lot of people use it as a one-sided app and it should be a two-way street when you're connecting with people on social media. That's good advice because a lot of people think like, okay, I am interacting because I'm replying to people's comments. Yes. That's on your page. That's on your picture. You're replying to their comments, but you're not making the effort on someone else's page. Yeah. So one thing I tell people, I'm like, if you're finding your engagement low, scroll back like 20 or 30 posts, see who commented on those posts, click on those, like those profiles and go engage with them a little bit. Um, bring them back to, to let you know that you're still alive and stuff. Yeah. Cause a lot of people are like, it's such a mystery as to why my engagement is down. And I'm like, I don't think it's mysterious. I think there's probably a really good reason. Um, but honestly, like I would say more people do it wrong than right. And it's just cause we're busy and we're distracted. And we're like, I always tell people like, take the time to post when you have the time. Like a lot of people are always like, when's the best time? And I'm like, the best time is when you have time, right? Don't post when you're running into a doctor's appointment. Don't post when you're trying to get your kids to bed and you just need to hit post. Don't ever say, I just need to hit post because that's not the right time for you. You should have a window of about an hour where you can post and you can engage and you can reply to DMS and stay in the app. Cause the app really, that is like a really sensitive thing for the app. It likes people that stay in there the longest. Oh, I didn't know that. Very sensitive Instagram. So creepy. <laughs> Cause I want to feel used. <laughs> well, we can all relate to that. Can't we? <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. Now is there a nut, is there a separate, like that might just be an all encompassing piece of advice. Cause I think that's really yeah. good. But what about entrepreneurs? You work with a lot of entrepreneurs. What about entrepreneurs? on Instagram or on social media? Is there any separate advice for them? Yeah, I think so. I think it's particularly important for entrepreneurs, small businesses to be the face of their brand. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times we make something amazing. Let's just say a candle, for example, or a mug. And we're like, look at this candle. It's so beautiful. And they just candle, 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 candle. Like you just go to their page and I get it. It's a candle page. It should be lots of candles. But there are a thousand candles that I could buy from people. Why am I buying your candle? Why am I buying into your story? Why am I investing in your product? And it has to be because of the person behind the business, the heart behind the business. Like I said, even with Jamberry, like the reason why I love that business and worked my fingers to the bone for that business were the owners. The heart of the business is why I loved it. And there, of course, there's other reasons but I always think it comes back to the heart of the business, the story of the business. And so people showing their face, showing up on stories, telling their story, being candid, being authentic, um, and then showing their face as well in reels and in, in their posts and stuff, even like just humanizing the brand a little bit more. Um, And I think products have it hard a little bit in the way that you have to be a little bit more creative being like, here's me lighting my candle, like getting a human into the image, um, takes a little bit more effort and time, but anyone can take a thousand pictures of their products and just post them. But like, you need to put a little bit more into the storytelling side of that. Absolutely. And we see that like when we have an event with wine, women and wellbeing, and actually I, I struggle with this because I want it to be all about community, 
not about me. And so for a while, like this summer, when I was moving, I was like, nobody cares that I'm moving to France. I'll go do that on my personal page. I'm taking, like, I don't want to be like, look at me, I'm moving to France because I felt like it wasn't all about me. It was about the community. And then actually I kind of like, okay, let's zoom out and think about this. The reason that we have this community, like there's a story behind why I started this the need yeah. for community. And that is why it started. And that is what it's all about. And we see that now people like even people just moving from Calgary to Edmonton, or we had someone who was in Vancouver for work and went to an event and then she started up her own branch because, so we're seeing like people needing that. And that's what it started from. So I'm like, okay, I had a point and I actually totally went on a tangent, um, about the face, the, yeah. the face of, yeah. I was like, mm, I we, we do get uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it makes a difference because I remembered what I was going to say. Now, when people come to events with their product and someone has a door prize or someone had, yeah. um, like, you know, twigs, pretzels, Ashley from yeah. twigs, pretzels was at one of our events pre COVID and everyone got a bag of twigs, pretzels on their way out. And then we all have all of a sudden the 50 women who were in that room, now yeah. knew the owner of Twigs Pretzels. And you are damn right that when we were in Safeway and we saw them, we're like, oh, this is Ashley's pretzels. Totally. We're going to buy these because now we know her. And this is not like, this podcast is not endorsed <laughs> by Twigs Pretzels. <laughs> I'm just using that as an example. But yeah. um, same with like Laura from Little Tucker. We Once you know yeah. the person, if, you're, if you have the choice between two bags of pretzels, you're going to yeah. go with the one of the girl you know. Or, or even if, or the girl you met or the girl that you saw on social media, every time you're going to choose that one. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, it's funny you bring that up because I'm kind of a purist. When I find my people, I find my people. Like I've got my earring girl and I've got my candle girl and I've got my flower girl. And I, you know, like, and I make these relationships with these people and I probably like without those relationships, I probably wouldn't care as much. And I wouldn't, I just like buy and be a consumer, mm-hmm. but because there's like this heart behind all these products, it's like, it feels different. It feels like I am, it's like supporting them. this big wheel of like, hundred so yes. yeah. And as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you know what it feels like when someone signs up for your course. And I know what it feels like when someone buys a ticket to an event, like it's totally. that little, like. Oh, I'm so like, you get that little feeling like, yes. Yeah. And you know that those people are also feeling that whereas Walmart, maybe not so much, like, don't get me wrong. I'm still (laughs) buying candles from there once in a while, but you know that it's going to mean more to buy it from the person who, you know, is hustling their heart out. hundred percent. Yeah. We actually, with the company that I'm with now with makeup, we actually get emails and the email title is, this is going to make your day. And it's just like, it's whenever somebody buys off the site, that's the email I get. And I'm like, it actually does make my mm-hmm. day. It totally does. We talk about the girls and I um, who run the branches. We say that all the time. Like when we get those event bright emails, we're like, Ooh, this is the best email. Yeah. Okay. I want to really go to makeup is. next. It totally is. I want to go to makeup because you know that I've been stalking you a little bit over Halloween and yeah. Christmas. So for the yeah. last two seasons, I've just been like in awe of these faces you're creating. Like, so let's, let's start there. Like, how did this happen? And how the hell did you learn to do this? If anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, Brittany is, well, I'm going to let you talk about how the makeup started, but she recreates her face into like (laughs) a canvas and it's amazing. 
Yeah. How does um, I've always, yeah, I've always grown up like my, my whole family is really artistic. They really are like, that's just kind of something in our blood. And so I don't know. I really like makeup. I really love just doing regular makeup every single day. It like is something that brings me joy. I don't know what sparked it. Um, I guess our team had challenges every Friday to like, there was like freaky Friday team star freaky Friday. And so I'm like, okay, let's do this. And it just kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. And then I kind of like got a really good reaction to some of them. I'm like, I'm just going to do this every day now. that was a commitment. I was like, my office still has paint splatter all over my wall from doing like the toothbrush speckling. And, um, it was a mess. It was exhausting. Like November 1st, I was like, (sighs) and then I like started doing it all over again, like a few weeks later, um, for Christmas. But yeah, I just, I get a lot of joy out of creation. And so that is just a whole different element of creation. I will say it's mentally and physically very exhausting. I have pretty severe ADHD and I am done within like 15 minutes of doing a look. I like starting a look. I'm like, I'm out. I don't want to do this they anymore. Take, they, they do not take you 15 minutes. Some of them take, take hours. Like, yeah. Some of them take hours. And so it's very mentally taxing to continue. And I've never stopped halfway through. I will keep going, but just know that like 15, 20 minutes into that look, I'm like, I'm so done. Like, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's good. Good enough. But no, I keep going. And then it's like making the real and then cleaning up the mess and then cleaning my face off, sometimes cleaning my body off. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. It's, I think why I kept doing it is because it's so challenging for me. Like it's really mentally challenging. And so I'm like, I just want to prove to myself, Plus there's so much inspiration on like Pinterest and the internet and stuff that I'm like, Ooh, like I'll find a look. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that or try that. And not all of them turn out. Some of them look like garbage and then some of them look way better than I had imagined. So do you just wing it? Like you're crazy talented at this. I was like, every time yeah. I was like, how's she doing that? <laughs> I didn't like it on both platforms. Like, it's just like <laughs> I was like, but it totally like talk about engagement, right? Like people yes. like me were like, hmm, wonder what Brittany's going to have on her face today. Um, yeah, because it was, I will like, say it really. Form. Yeah. I sold more makeup in November from, and I do think it's from engagement from October. Cause yeah. like up until October, I hadn't, my sales like had never really come from Instagram. They really came from like a community on Facebook And, um, so I never really, I don't know, I've never really benefited from like my following on Instagram for makeup. And then in October showing up, I think I did 40 reels in 30 days. Wow. And then November hit and I like doubled my sales in November. And I do think it's just that carryover from showing up every single day in October, Mm-hmm. So it did pay off. It paid off in sales. It paid off in engagement. I think I gained like 2000 followers in those two months. Amazing. Which I know like these days, somebody can make a reel and get like 5,000 followers in a day now. And I'm like, well, that's not me. That's not, yeah. that's not yeah. how I gain followers. I gain mine very, <clears throat> very slowly, very organically, <laughs> but 2000 in like two months is quite a bit for me. Yeah. So that's yeah, it was good. 
fun. I am happy they're over. Somebody had commented on one of the Christmas ones. They're like, are you going all the way up until Christmas? I'm like, hell no. I'm like, <laughs> I won't be able to have Christmas if I do that. No, my kids will not have Christmas if I continue doing this because <laughs> it is about a four to six hour commitment a day. Between, That's crazy. Between just planning, like there was one day where I did, I had an appointment, a lawyer appointment at eight in the morning downtown. So I did my makeup, my normal makeup, came home, grinched it up. And then washed off the Grinch. And then I had an appointment that night. So I had to do my makeup again. And I'm like, this is so time consuming that, and it pays nothing. I <laughs> so can I'm barely like, get makeup no. on one time a day. And like, yeah. I don't mean by that. I mean like a little bit of mascara. That's as good as I get yeah. on some lipstick. Um, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. It seems like yeah. A So I'm like, no, run, I'm done. 12 days. That's it. That's yeah. what you maybe, get. Maybe like hit Valentine's day or something. Draw well, people are like, can't wait to see the Valentine's day looks. I'm like, ah! <laughs> what have I done? Yeah. Created a monster. Oh, uh, okay. Do we have anything to chat about or should I go into my rapid fire questions? Did we hit it all? Because now we're in the makeup zone. This brings us to like, now I'm going to ask you one yeah. more question. The biggest sure. challenge or lesson through the ride. Cause maybe you're still in the Valley. Maybe you're climbing out. Maybe you're like, yeah. we never know where we're at. Right. Oh, the biggest lesson, um, <clears throat> follow your intuition. Like intuition is one of my core values and it is there for a reason. I really believe in gut feelings and following your gut and listening to your, listening to your heart. Um, I think a lot of people ignore it because they don't want to like believe it. And sometimes your gut is telling you bad things and you're like, no, no. That's and sometimes your gut's right. Like, yeah. Right. Like, and I've had to lean into things before where like I, my guts told me things for years. And then I, when I finally decide to peel back the layers, I'm like, Oh, I should have listened to it. This was, I was, I knew this all along, but it was so bad that I didn't want to listen to it. And so to listen to your intuition, um, yeah, I don't know. There have been a lot of lessons along the way. And like, honestly, this year has been really hard because with the same job, with the makeup, like I was with corporate for six months and they paid really, really well. And I really loved my job. I really loved training the field and stuff, but, um, my heart was really in sales. Like I really love sharing product and I really love selling and they're like, it will be years before I replace that income. So now I'm on the hunt again. I had a third job interview for a very big wellness company here in Canada. Mm -hmm. and it's like my dream company to work for. So fingers crossed. Wait, that could be, come on. That could, that could be the Valley coming out of the Valley, but yes. um, yeah, so hopefully, but we can do rapid fire. I'm good with that. Yeah. Let's do some rapid fire. If you could share a bottle of wine with one woman living or dead, or just sit down for a conversation, who would you want to sit down for a conversation with? Oh shoot. It's always Dan Levy and he's not a woman. So, um, probably be my grandma. I love that answer. I've gotten it. That's my answer. Yeah. I love it. Probably be my grandma. She's the most amazing. I have a kid breaking into my office right now. This is the life. This is life. No, my grandma, she's absolutely like incredible human being. She's still alive. Um, she does not live close to me, so I don't get to spend a lot of time with her, but yeah. Okay. What is your go-to well-being or self-care practice? Quiet and alone. 
and girls more kids. <laughs> girl trips. <laughs> so I, I mean, girl trips is the opposite of being alone. Um, but the people that I take those girls trips with are like, they're not party animals. It's very much like bucket fillers, deep conversation, deep conversation. And like, told, yeah, total bucket filling, but also just quiet. Um, I get a lot from being alone in silence. Favorite book or podcast recommendation. Mm. Uh, I like crime beat. <laughs> it's uh, like a local, like murder. It's mostly okay. murder. <laughs> what does sisterhood mean to you? Um, being able to be totally candid and yourself with individuals and being vulnerable. Um, I am lucky to have some very close and like, I don't have a huge circle of friends, but the friends that I do, um, know I'm able to cry about, I'm able to be totally honest and upfront with, um, even to the point where like, they'll tell me, like, they'll call me on stuff. They're like, why would you say that? Why would you do that? And that's, that's probably my definition of that. And last one, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? Oh, geez. Mm, That's a hard one. Well, we were all kind of, we were all a little bit loopy at 16, right? And the world is ending and like everything so heavy. Yeah. What would you tell her? What would you tell that girl? I would be scared or I would be telling her to not be scared to lead and to lean into that. Um, I didn't discover till my thirties that I have leadership qualities in myself when I always, um, I always identified with a follower. Like I always thought I was a follower and I wasn't a strong, like I didn't have a strong personality. And so I always kind of just like took roles or did like, I didn't do any risky stuff. I just kind of like played it safe all the time and to lean into that leadership role. Perfect. Okay. Tell the people where to find you. If they, if they want to see you doing crazy faces online, where do they go to find you? They can find me. I mostly hang out on Instagram. It's Brittany Colba social. And that is all. Perfect. Thank you so much for chatting, Brittany. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for listening, friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend. Head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.